Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 367. How to Decide When to End a Long-Term Relationship, part one, by Steve Pavlina of stevepavlina.com. Hi, I'm Joss Marie, and this is the show where I try and bring you some of the best relationship content we can find every Monday through Friday. And as you may know, we cover everything relationship-based, including topics regarding dating, marriage, parenting, and even having possible confrontation with a neighbor. Today, I'll actually be narrating the first part of a two-part miniseries by Steve Pavlina, all about calling it quits in a long-term relationship. And I cover Steve's content pretty frequently here on the show, so go ahead and subscribe if you'd like to make sure you get all of Steve's former and future episodes sent to you. But with that, let's dive into it and start optimizing your life. How to Decide When to End a Long-Term Relationship, Part 1, by Steve Pavlina of stevepavlina.com. Relationships are among some of the most complex aspects of our lives, particularly long-term relationships such as marriage. Your relationships can elevate you to new heights or drag you down into the dumps. But what if you're somewhere in the middle? What if your relationship is pretty good, like a 7 on a scale of 1 to 10? Should you stay openly committing to that relationship for life? Or should you leave and look for something better, something that could become even better? This is the dreadful state of ambivalence. You simply aren't sure one way or the other. Maybe what you have is good enough and you'd be a fool to abandon it in search of a new relationship you may never find. Or maybe you're seriously holding yourself back from finding a truly fulfilling relationship that would serve you well the rest of your life. Tough call. Fortunately, there's an excellent book that provides an intelligent process for overcoming relationship ambivalence. It's called Too Good to Leave, Too Bad to Stay by Mira Kirschenbaum. I read this book many years ago, and it completely changed how I think about long-term relationships. First, the book points out the wrong way to make this decision. The wrong way is to use a balanced scale approach, attempting to weigh the pros and cons of staying versus leaving. Of course, that's what everyone does. Weighing the pros and cons seems logical, but it doesn't provide you with the right kind of information you need to make this decision. There will be pros and cons in every relationship, so how do you know if yours are fatal or tolerable or even wonderful? The cons tell you to leave, while the pros tell you to stay. Plus, you're required to predict future pros and cons, so how are you going to predict the future of your relationship? Who's to say if your problems are temporary or permanent? Kirschenbaum's solution is to dump the balance scale approach and use a diagnostic approach instead. Diagnose the true status of your relationship instead of trying to weigh it on a scale. 
This will provide you the information you need to make an intelligent decision and to know precisely why you're making it. If you're ambivalent, it means your relationship is sick. So discovering the precise nature of the disease seems an intelligent place to begin. In order to perform a relationship diagnosis, the author offers a series of 36 yes or no questions to ask yourself. Each question is explained very thoroughly with several pages of text. In fact, the diagnostic procedure is essentially the whole book. Each question is like passing your relationship through a filter. If you pass the filter, you proceed to the next question. If you don't pass the filter, then the recommendation is that you end your relationship. In order to achieve the recommendation that you should stay together, you must pass through all 36 filters. If even one filter snags you, the recommendation is to leave. This isn't as brutal as it sounds, though, because most of these filters will be very easy for you to pass. My guess is that out of the 36 questions, less than a third will require much thought. Hopefully you can pass filters like, does your partner beat you? And is your partner leaving the country for good without you, without much trouble? If not, you don't need a book to tell you your relationship is going downhill. The author's recommendations are based on observing the post-decision experiences of multiple couples who either stayed together or broke up after suffering from a state of ambivalence related to one of the 36 questions. The author then watched how those relationships turned out in the long run. Did the person making the stay-or-leave decision feel she or he made the correct choice years later? If the couple stayed together, did the relationship blossom into something great or decline into resentment? And if they broke up, did they find new happiness or experience everlasting regret over leaving? I found this concept extremely valuable, like being able to turn the page of time to see what might happen. The recommendations are based on the author's observations and her professional opinion, so I don't recommend you take her advice blindly. However, I personally found all of her conclusions utterly sensible and didn't find any surprises. I doubt you'll be terribly surprised to read that a relationship with a drug user is virtually doomed to failure. But what about a relationship with someone you don't respect? What about a long-distance relationship? Or a relationship with a workaholic who makes 10 times your income? Would you like to know how such relationships tend to work out if the couple stays together versus if they break up? Kirschenbaum explains that where a breakup is recommended, it's because most people who chose to stay together in that situation were unhappy, while most people who left were happier for it. So, long-term happiness is the key criteria used meaning the happiness of the individual making the stay-or-leave decision, not the ex-partner. If you're facing a too-good-to-leave, too-bad-to-stay dilemma, I highly recommend this book. You'll breeze through most of the filters, but you'll probably hit a few that snag you and really make you think. But I recommend this book not just for people who aren't sure about the status of their relationship, but also those with healthy relationships who want to make it even better. This book will help you diagnose the weak points of your relationship that could lead to breakup and allow you to consciously attend to them. Here are some diagnostic points from the book you may find valuable. Here are those in tomorrow's episode. You just listened to part one of the post titled, How to Decide When to End a Long-Term Relationship by Steve Pavlina of stevepavlina.com. Well, looks like I've got a new book to check out because I'm all about looking for ways to continue bettering my relationship with Lee. So thanks so much to Steve for the advice. I look forward to checking it out and hope you do too, whether you're in a healthy relationship or one that's on the fence. But that's a wrap for today. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. And remember to come on back again tomorrow to hear part two of Steve's post, where your optimal life awaits.
Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this podcast, but also Optimal Living Daily, the show where I read to you from even more blogs covering finance, productivity, minimalism, personal development, and more from incredible bloggers like Derek Sivers, Zen Habits, Mark and Angel, The Minimalists, and all the ones you hear on this show too. So if you enjoyed today's episode and like taking amazing blogs on the go, come on over to Optimal Living Daily and subscribe to that one too. And together, we'll start optimizing your life. You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.